This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. From NPR Music, I'm Felix Contreras. I'm Ana Maria Sayer. Let the chisme begin. Hey, Anna, you're still in Mexico City. I have to say I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I mean, that is why you keep me around, Felix, so that you can live <laughs> vicariously. Yeah. That is for sure. <laughs> live for the sure. joys of my youthful life. Although I will say, I think you have a more active social life than I do. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, man. There's just such an incredible diversity to the sounds here. I mean, you can literally find anything, jazz clubs, DJ sets, like whatever you want. And R&B, Mexico City, who do we immediately think of? But alt Latino fave. Girl Ultra. Who I got to sit down with. She is one of my favorite people. She is so funny, Felix. Like... You get how she's a creative in her expression because she's an R&B artist, but also R&B is just scratching the surface for her. She's really done all kinds of experimentation with all kinds of sounds, which is really, really exciting to see the ways that she's continuing to do that. She's definitely one of the new voices to watch coming out of Mexico City. She hasn't been on the scene for that long, but she's released three albums at this point, and I know she's actively working on another one. She has really pushed herself. Sonically, especially for someone who came up in the DJ scene here, I got to see her actually go back to her roots, DJ the other night, and I gotta say it was different from what we saw from her Tiny Desk performance, but uh, it was something really special all the same. I think people are really going to enjoy this interview because you guys met in a very public place, and what was fun was hearing some of the neighborhood noise in this interview. We met in the south side of the city in what has become one of my favorite neighborhoods, Coyoacan, and it was really special to sit with her there because her last album actually was called El Sur, literally named after the south side of the city, and really was an homage to the space that she grew up in. Mariana, Girl Ultra, thank you for being here on the show. This is very exciting. Thank you, Ana Maria. It's very, very exciting to be here with you in Mexico. Like, kind of surreal, I think. Um, (laughs) And specifically, can you tell me where we are, why we're here? Um, Well, this is a very special place to me. And the reason I picked it is because I grew up here. My aunt used to work here. This is like this uh, like cultural house mm-hmm. where there used to be like a lot of activities like art like I don't know how to say talleres yeah like uh, like workshops like workshops yeah yeah, yeah yeah like a lot of workshops and I used to come and, and dance ballet here mm-hmm. and I don't know it's a beautiful garden in the heart of Coyoacan mm-hmm. and I like it I, w- I wanted to show it to you yeah and this is somewhere you've been coming a long time you grew up close to here or 
yes, I used to live like 10 minutes away from here and all my friends, I used to hang in Coyoacán mm. and I took a lot of workshops around here. So I don't know, It's it's been pretty nice to, even though I don't live like nearby anymore, to mm. come here and see like the past versions of myself here and there yeah. and just like grab a book and grab a coffee here, mm-hmm. and, you know. So when you were coming here, you weren't doing music here. You were more doing like dance, other art. Forms. Yeah, I was. A, I was very young. I also paint since I was like younger. Really? Yeah. Well, do you still paint? What kind of things do you paint? I do, but I don't share like my graphic works Just that for much. You. It's for me. It's for me, and I give them away. But mm. I come from a family of painters. Like my whole dad's really? side, they are dentists and also painters. All of them. <laughs> what a perfect combination. I know. Like, yeah. they, they have, like, the raw sensibility of being a dentist and seeing mm-hmm. people suffering and then turn it into painting. Those feel like <laughs> the most contradictory. I know, right? But I don't know. Do they? To you, maybe that's it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because I, I grew up with that. Like, yeah. the only one that was, like, actually a painter, it was my uh, great-granddad. Mm-hmm. And he was a painter, like in Spain, mm-hmm. and uh, he he brought like all his family to Mexico. That was his profession. Mm. And then I don't know why all his like offspring wanted to be dentists. It was kind of popular in the eighties and in the seventies to be a dentist in Mexico City, like to study in in like the La Universidad de La UNAM. Uh-huh. So I think it was like the popular the career in that time. Yeah. So I just got here to the city, as I was telling you, and I feel like I've, I've just been trying to ask everyone about the music scene here and, and, and what feels different and special about it. And a lot of people, I feel like, keep telling me that this is like the most diverse musical scene you can find. They're like, there's just about every single type of music here in the city, in Mexico at large. They're like, when you're a kid, you just grow up listening to everything and it's just totally different here. Does that feel accurate to you? Is that what your experience was? It does, but I feel a certain like appeal from Mexican people, specifically from my city, Mexico City, to rock music. Rock in Espanol, rock Argentino. Like when I walk around, I overhear like Caifanes or even The Cure. This city loves The Cure, and all of that like era from like shoegazy rock, goth, and it's very interesting to see like how it evolves over time and it passes from generation to generation. We're we're a pretty dark like city I don't know how to say that even though it's so bright and even though a lot of things are happening and it's colorful but I don't know we like darker music Por la 
darker music. Interesting. Why do you think that is? Uh, it's a city that struggles and is uh, in every like aspect. Um, but at the same time, it just like it's so the foundation is so strong that it just like refreshes every other time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's crazy. It's just like it's got so many things going on, like a lot of like micro universes within yeah. that so many layers. Yeah, that, that's the only thing I can say. This city's got so many layers. When talking about the diversity of the music here, do you feel like that is kind of like has to do with areas as well in the city with geography, or is it just everything's mixed up everywhere? I feel like everything's mixed up. Yeah. As a girl that was growing up and discovering music, something that made me understand like all of these like niche, like musical niche mm-hmm. was the radio. Like mm. Mexico still's got like a very like active radio station still. My favorite radio sta- station in Mexico is called Amor 95.3 mm. that only plays música romántica, like mm. romantic music, but like the hits from like the 80s and 90s and they just play that every single day and it's always like in every hospital that you go people are still listening to that radio station. So or even like taxi drivers they listen to uh 88.1 mm. and it's like all classic like that rock mm. and in, in English just in English so how music is divided and all like people's tastes mm-hmm. in Mexico City I think they're driven from a long time from like radio stations mm-hmm. what are your favorite songs from that era those romanticas romanticas oh my yeah. god so hard but um, one of my favorite songs not only from that era like all-time favorite is Quiero Dormir Cansado de Emanuel. It's such a sad song. <laughs> I love sad songs. I love sad songs too. They kind of turn me on. Ah! <laughs> I'm so sad that I feel kind of horny. Quiero dormir cansado Para no pensar en ti Quiero dormir profundamente despertar llorando con la pena de no verte When did you find music? What was your musical upbringing? I know your dad was a rockero, but you're also talking about listening, you know, you hear the romanticas in the taxis. Like, what was your kind of collage of music growing up? It was pretty diverse. I mean, what my dad taught me it was just at a very early age just to like keep my ears open to anything so i never judged any kind of music i was this crazy girl in high school and like junior high to like write down every single song that i heard on the radio i waited like t- till the end to just like write down the names everywhere and in my like pencil cases or everything i still got them wow. just to like collect music i felt like uh if I have a song, it's mine. So I, I feel like kind of um, 
toxic attachment to music. Like, mm. if if I hear this song and I give a meaning, it's mine. So at a very early age, I, I just felt throughout music something I, that nothing else gave me, not even painting or any other, like, art expression. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, I just... I just felt it, like, even, like, biologically in my body. And it was definitely throughout my dad. He, he like, took the task of, like, my daughter's going to have a great taste in music. So my parents had, are divorced. Mm -hmm. So every, like, 15 days I, I saw my dad. And he brought me, like, all of these CDs. And mm -hmm. this, is, this is what we're going to listen to right now. Mm -hmm. So he, he just, like, kept me, like, f fed mm -hmm. with his music and uh -huh. his tastes. But my mom... What I acquired from my mom's taste, it was pretty natural. It was from the radio. Like, yeah. 95.3, solo musica romantica, it was hers. So I was on the car, like, driving back from school, and she was playing that. And yeah. all of that is in my brain. I'm imagining you taking these songs and seeing them almost as a, as a way to find that ability to express yourself, right? Like, that was the thing, is you were like, I'm using other people's music their lyrics to tell my story i think that's what's most powerful about music just to uh project each one's story in others placing what's yours into somebody else's rosa sobre el mantel que no te dice nada y yo derramando miel y tú me das la espalda y si te olvido Like, what, what was the moment for you when you were then like, I'm actually just going to create my own? Uh, I always knew I wanted to do that, but it took time to just, like, put it on paper, you know? I went to a couple of, like, musical classes. Nothing really sticked with me. I'm not a very, like, um, no soy muy disciplinada. I'm not, <laughs> like, disciplined. It's, it's not part of me. I'm, I've been trying to make it part of me, but not really. Really. And uh, I just came across in school with the right people like people that loved music as much as I did and we got to learn together like from like from zero like no foundation of anything no Nipo babies anywhere it was just like okay let's make music what a, let's buy a laptop let's like this guy plays drums so let's invite it to the I, I had a um, Beatles cover band mm -hmm. and that was my first band ever and I don't really love the Beatles mm, okay but I mean I was learning yeah controversial opinion yeah very controversial I mean I don't hate the Beatles it's just not like my go-to it, it was the only place where I could like actually learn and then it just developed into a couple of other bands and I just wanted to like learn
We need to take a break, and then we'll get right back to Ana's interview with Girl Ultra from Mexico City. Support for NPR and the following message come from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Support for NPR and the following message come from Jarl and Pamela Moan, thanking the people who make public radio great every day and also those who listen. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore. Jump into a new perspective on performance apparel. Viore makes products that stand the test of time and hope to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives, empowering your best life in clothing that can be worn for just about any activity from running to yoga. Visit viore.com slash NPR to receive 20% off your first purchase and enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. Discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news, some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts. In that time, in those moments when you were initially starting to learn, how did it feel for you when you were in this initial time Mm -hmm. of learning, Uh right? How did that feel different than before when you had been using other people's music to express yourself? How did it sit with you? I was confused. I didn't really actually knew who I was at the moment and what I wanted to say so I kind of replicated a lot of things I didn't even like wrote my songs in in Spanish so it was very hard to just like take the the responsibility of like creating a language like within myself as a composer as a person and it it took some years so I can like actually say that I transitioned from being that listener into a creator yeah and I don't know, it was, it was pretty interesting. I, st- I still feel that never it's completed, mm-hmm. like 100%. You're always like adding new stuff to your personality, to all of, all of your experiences that you want to share. So I feel like it's, it's never going to end. to me that you started composing in English because I think 
This city is, is diverse in many ways, including linguistically, what a lot of people might not realize. And so for you, why was that? Why do you think that initial expression was in English? When I was like gaining like this musical criteria after like my parents and everything, when I started like downloading music like illegally, LimeWire mm -hmm. and all that stuff, mm -hmm. I was listening to a lot of like English music. So I felt like I practiced a lot like my English throughout mm -hmm. that. And I don't know, it was to me it was easier to just articulate ideas when I was like writing in English because I feel like mm -hmm. you can complete an idea with less words in English. Mm -hmm. And Spanish is just a little bit more intricate. Or I thought that yeah. at the moment. So I started doing that. And there was like kind of a trend in Mexican artists in that era, like the 2000, from the 2000s, yeah, the 2000s, 2010, 2014, a lot of like English music in Mexicans. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I, I might as well try it. And my first song is Girl Ultra was in English. And it, it, it sounded nice because it sounds nice. But it was like, what's the reason I'm singing in English? Like, mm -hmm. I've never lived there. I mean, I've studied English like all my life. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Like, I, I, I didn't feel like that kind of speech was part of me. Yeah. So I just, when I got signed in Finesse Records, I got together with this friend called Jesse Baez. And he also makes R&B in Spanish. Uh, he was one of the first. And I felt like that was like, my university of the song. We started like writing in Spanish. He came from composing in English as well, and we started like just like trial and error. And I got back to like all of these baladas and all of these 95.3 uh, oh, yeah. music library and really studying the way uh, a more like love is sung in Spanish. So I just like got into like música en español like really deep, like studying it. And I've been trying to like um, polish that language ever since. when you were younger that you were kind of like saving and was a lot of that in Spanish or was it in English? It was a lot in English. Mm. I mean, uh, I was an emo girl. Mm -hmm. So I was like blasting all of that like Hawthorne Heights and Midwest emo and uh -huh. uh, I don't know, Taking Back Sunday. And I got into like indie, like really uh, when it was like almost, no, not almost dying, but uh, 
I mean, like Santi Gold and LCD Sound System, yeah, and yeah. all of that, all of that era, to me is one of the best in music. It was pretty fun. What? What were you listening to on your way here? On my way here, I was listening to Santa Gold. Oh my God, okay. So you always go back. I always go back. I'm a nostalgic person. Mm-hmm. Way more than I would like to. <laughs> But I don't know. Like I'm like making a record right now. And I'm like going back to the 2010s a lot. Mm-hmm. Like to like uh, how they used to like process drums and everything mm-hmm. was like super like crunchy. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I like to to make notes from different eras and then just like merge it together yeah do you ever go back to like old records of your own or things that you made and get nostalgic about moments not of my own once it's out once the baby's been born yeah it's in the it's it's the world it's not mine and now you're looking to the next yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it's even like hard to go back like in in like the discography and to see all these past versions of yourself um it's it's nice it's nice to to from time to time have a conversation with these girls Mm -hmm. but uh i like to like move forward yeah when you look at that music are you like oh that that is mariana of the past like yeah that's not me anymore anymore. yeah Yeah. and sometimes it's even hard to just like translate some of these versions like live Mm -hmm. when you have to like replay some of these songs that you don't connect anymore i try to give them a new meaning But it's it's just like hard to like keep them alive, like within you. A lot of what you obviously write about too is love and your experiences with love and I think specifically really your experiences with love here. Do you feel as though growing up here, spending time here, living here, like the way that love happens here, the way that you've been loved here or loved here, has that impacted how you've written about it? For sure, for sure. As I'm sitting here, I can see like all my, todos los fantasmas, all, all the phantoms and like it's pretty haunted in here from past versions of myself and my loves you know and I don't know I feel like I carry them around and it's this city's haunted in many in many many ways you know Mm. and this city allows you to love very hard but when that love goes away this city is very cruel and reminds you like everywhere in every corner that you loved that you really loved Go, 
How did you come up with the name Girl Ultra? Well, <laughs> I had this high school band and we all wanted to go solo. And I really felt like I, like my regular name, I, I, I felt like I needed like a little bit of a superpower in the form of a new name. And I just like brainstormed like all of these like superheroine-ish words and Girl Ultra came alive. Yeah, I just resonated with, with her and I feel like it, it's just been evolving. I don't feel as, I feel more of a woman instead of a girl now. But there's something like some freshness, some childness inside of me still that I feel like I still I still feel like I belong to that name. Yeah. Do you feel like you'll ever reach a point where Mariana feels more right? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I cannot like picture myself being like 50 and being girl ultra. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know. Maybe. But I don't know. Maybe you'll be 50 and it's not right and then maybe you're 80 and it does feel right. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You said it. More than a Voy a contarte hasta diez Tú ves el sol que te alumbra Dos tus piernas queman Somos tres en tu cama Morena mía El cuarto viene después Cinco tus continentes Seis las medias faenas De mis medios calientes Sigo contando ahorita Obviously, Mexico, like this city, you know, people talk a lot about the ways that it's evolved, especially in recent years. A lot of gentrification, a lot of changes. Does it look very different for you from what it looked like when you were growing up here? Yes. I mean, there's always been like some diversity in Mexico City, but the past like eight years, maybe. uh, I remember just like growing up in such a limited area to me la colonia roma was i didn't even like step there when i was younger so as i was growing up and i was like opening up my map i used to walk everywhere there was like not a lot of businesses and always a lot of movement but it was kind of different i'm not gonna say that it's been 100 negative like all of this gentrification because for us, I'm going to speak for myself and like for artists here in Mexico City, it's just like a way to connect. And there's like some opportunity of like uh, exchanging like work and ideas and music and whatever. But definitely there's been like some, uh, como se dice, displacement, como yeah, desplazamiento, displacement. like yeah, displacement exactly. of the people that actually like is the foundation of the city, you know, mm-hmm. and it's sad to see. Do you feel like as someone who grew up here and started making music here and is so influenced by the sounds here, like, do you feel, I don't want to say pressure, but any kind of feeling of like, oh, I am like a preserver of this in a way, like the music that I create is representative of what was? Yes, in a way, because I carry all of that uh like legacy with me just because I'm Mexican and because my parents are Mexican and I grew up here. But I also got to embrace that I'm a child from the internet. So how do you like match that conversation? Like what you carry and what's in your blood and what you actually grew up listening and watching. Like, of course I grew up watching 
like Nickelodeon, you know? But I also like used to like play like Canal say that it's like a local like university channel and they used to do like these interviews like from Cristina Pacheco that this is this Mexican journalist and she used to like interview people from every neighborhood like about like normal things and I got like so much like diverse information in my brain that I just cannot like take one way it just feels honest to just stay in the middle What you mentioned at the beginning of this interview where you were talking about, like, the darkness, the, the, the musically and that lives in the city, do you feel like that's changing at all? I feel like it's just becoming dark again. Mm. But, like, worldwide. Yeah. Like, emo is back, you know. It, I, it, it's just seasonal, but um, I don't know. When I listen to even, like, boleros and everything, there's a darkness to love you know to lost it's a very lusty city mm. this city is always horny mm. <laughs> like that. that's why they're horny because they're sad yeah it's horny sad, and music sad makes you horny yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like this city is just it's a her yeah and it's a virgo oh my and she's like in her power yes she owns it So, what do you think, Felix? Is Mexico City a Virgo? That is an interesting question. I've never had to think about it that way. I'm not really sure what the characteristics of a Virgo is. I'm, and I'm a Virgo. so. Oh my God, Felix. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This was made for you. Am I You ancient? in Mexico City, you have a special bond. So I'm a Virgo. Am I... Does it mean, am I ancient? Am I old? Am I set in my ways? <laughs> like, what is, what is, Berg, what is Mexico City? I don't know. Don't answer that. <laughs> You've been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. Our editor is Hazel Sills, and the woman who keeps us on track, keeps it all together, is Grace Chong. Our audio producer for this episode is Saraya Mohammed, and our production assistant is Jerusalem Truth. Thank you to our intern, Sofia Seidel, Pilar Galvan, and to our jefe and chief, Keith Jenkins, VP of Music and Visuals. I'm Ana Maria Sayer. I'm Felix Contreras. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with their original podcast, Choiceology. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind people's decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and more about why people do the things they do. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com podcast or wherever you listen. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. 
It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.